Always bring your Bible to church. When you bring your Bible to church, you, you, you make the devil nervous. You know, the more you use a tool, the more that tool becomes a tool. I got tools in my, in my shop that I'm very familiar with. And I have other tools that I'm not very familiar with that I haven't used very often. The ones that I use often, they are very effective in my hand. The ones that I have not used often before I can use them, I have to get refamiliarized with them. So the Bible becomes a tool to you, the more familiar you get with it. The effectiveness of the tool of the sword of the word of God becomes more effective for you, the more familiar you get with it. Some of you, if you're not familiar with the Bible, you ought to carry it around every single day. You ought to get you a, a, a leather and, and paper Bible, an old school Bible, and just carry it with you outside of a bag every single day until you just absolutely fall in love with it. When I was in school, if a, if a kid fumbled the football, the coach would make them carry a football around the school all day long. And if another player brought that football to the coach, the player who was tasked with keeping the football would have to run laps. In other words, they said, I need you to be more committed to what you are asked to carry. As a believer, we got to get committed to it. If, if now, now I'm not trying to sound some kind of way, but if you're not in love with the Bible, truthfully, you don't know the Bible. The Bible is better than any novel you've ever read. The Bible has love stories in it. The Bible has heartache in it. The Bible has drama in it, but the Bible also has the words to life on the inside of it. There's nothing, you, you can find a, a page or two that you could call boring, but to call the Bible boring is insane. The Bible is the furthest thing from boring. The Bible is a story where your, your favorite character is going to die early, but don't worry, he's coming back. So you got to get to the place where the Bible becomes your first love. And, and so one of the ways you can do that is you can just say, man, I'm going to get committed to this thing. I'm going to have it with me because if you don't have it at hand, it's very difficult to do. Very difficult to read. You say, well, I got it on my phone. Well, if you're not opening and using it on your phone, it doesn't do any good. If you're not reading it. So that's why I put such an onus here at New Heights Church on bringing your Bible to church because you need to get more and more and more and more and more familiar with it. When I grew up, I worked uh, with, my, with my family all the time. I was always working with my dad, but it was a very different thing when it went from me watching him use a tool to me using the tool. There's a learning curve. So you want to go through that learning curve and understand you'll spend the rest of your life learning, but you want to go through that learning curve as effectively as possible. And some things, the only way to get good at it is to do it. The only way to get good at studying the Bible is to study the Bible. He said, well, I don't know how to study the Bible. Well, that's called an excuse. Everybody's got an excuse and an elbow. Praise the Lord. I would recommend that you would get rid of your excuses and learn the Bible. The Bible has life on the inside of it. You say, well, well, I'm not a reader. Well, become a reader. Well, I don't want to be a reader. I don't like reading. Well, learn to like reading. Well, why, why is this so important? Because... If, if you run around saying, I don't like reading, here's the deal. You have what you say. And most people, most people run around saying what they have. If I was you, I'd write that down. You have what you say, but most people stop at saying what they have. Man, my knee hurts. I have this. Oh, cough, cough. Here comes my sinus infection. Comes around every April. Cough, cough, cough. I knew it was coming. Instead of saying what you have, why don't you have what you say? Because it's true both ways. If you're calling things that are not as though they were, you can have them. But if you're never calling something that's not, you'll just have what you have. That means when your marriage is on the rocks... When your kids aren't behaving right, 
When you can't get it figured out and you're stressed out from sunup to sundown, can't sleep in between, you got to decree and declare that the blessing of the Lord is on my house. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. He's going to help me through the process. He's going to heal my marriage. He's going to help me with my children. He's, he's got his hand on me. I'm blessed coming in. I'm blessed going out. I'm blessed in the city. I'm blessed in the field. The enemy may come in one way, but he's going to flee seven ways. The enemy may come at me like a flood, but God's going to lift up a standard against him. You say what you want to have. You don't just run around saying what you have. Saying what you have is the first step before gossip. Because the next thing you want to do after you say what you have is say what you think everybody else has or doesn't have. Instead of sitting there calling things that are not as though they were, you're calling everything that is as it is, which is exactly what the enemy wants to do in your life. He wants to tell you, no, you're a liar because you have lied before, but the Lord says old things passed away and all things became new. So you can either have what you have or you can have what you say. So for me, I want to have what I say, so I say what I want to have. I talk what I want to manifest because talking is the first step to seeing the word of God come to come to pass in this region when I say in this region I just mean planet earth praise the Lord the reason this is possible is because of the kingdom somebody say kingdom so if you get a revelation on kingdom you can understand why you're not in heaven right now if you don't get a revelation on kingdom you'll just be sitting there staring at the sky get us out of here Lord Jesus I'm so sick of these Democrats get us out of here Lord Jesus I'm so sick of these Republicans Get us out of here, Lord Jesus. I'm so sick of the secular Hollywood. Get us out of here, Lord Jesus. I'm so sick of this. I'm so sick of this. And the Lord's sitting there looking down and saying, I I left you there so that you could impact the world. And you're sitting here staring at me. You got to get a revelation on kingdom. Somebody say kingdom. Kingdom. Matthew 6 and 9 says, after this, this is when Jesus was asked, he goes, he goes, how do we pray, Lord? And he says, well, here's how you pray. He said, he said, pray our father, which is in heaven. So you're talking to to father God, which is in heaven. Where is God? God, the father's in heaven. God, the Holy spirit is here. God, the son is in heaven. Now seated next to the father, making intercession for you and for me, preparing a place for us. But the Holy ghost is here. Somebody say, thank God for the Holy ghost. Has conference already started? I feel the power of God in this place and anything's possible. Just say that out loud. Anything's possible. Anything's possible. Somebody just got healed in Jesus name. I feel it in my spirit. Pray like this. Pray to the father in heaven. The reason we pray to the father in heaven is because the Bible says, whatever's bound in heaven. Verse 10. This is the first thing he said. He said, you're hallowed, you're holy. And then he said, your kingdom come. <laughs> your will be done in earth as it is in heaven. Jesus taught the same message John the Baptist taught. John the Baptist got the message from Jesus. John the Baptist went in front and said, repent, change how you think. The kingdom is at hand. The kingdom is here. As soon as John the Baptist was killed, Jesus, one of the first things came out of his mouth was repent. The kingdom of God is at hand. Change how you think. Don't sit there staring off, waiting on the the sweet by and by. It's going to be amazing. Our hearts long for it. Our loved ones are there. But if, 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 if you're just thinking about there, you're contrary to the plan and the prayer that Jesus actually laid out for you and for me. That his kingdom would come here like it is in heaven. Well, if you need the kingdom to come here, you're going to need something. You're going to need an ambassador. You're going to need somebody to represent or to re-present the kingdom here. So you got to get a revelation On the fact that the kingdom of God, the Bible says, is within you. That means when I walk in and they say, can I see your identification papers? I say, which ones? 
They said, well, the ones that verify you're, you know, you're an American. Okay, no problem. Here's my driver's license or here's my social security card or whatever. But, but, but if you want my kingdom papers, they're found in a different book. You want my identification sheet. You want my, you want my, my, my verification on who I am. I am a new creature in Christ Jesus. Old things pass away and everything else has become new. I'm a walking, talking, living, breathing new creature in Christ Jesus. You say, well, that doesn't sound right. Well, it doesn't sound right at all if you're in the world. But if you're in the kingdom, you understand that you're the head and you are not the tail anymore. You are blessed when you come into a thing and you're blessed when you come out of a thing. But you got to get a revelation that the reason you're not walking on golden streets right now is because he wants his kingdom manifesting here like it's manifesting there. God doesn't need any help manifesting the kingdom in heaven. Say law. That's an old word for stop and think. God doesn't need any help manifesting the kingdom in heaven. I doubt there's a pothole in those golden streets. Where he needs help is here. They said, well, God doesn't need help. God gave dominion and authority to humans. To, to say that, you, that, that God doesn't need help would be like saying the CEO of a company doesn't need help. Would be like saying the president doesn't need somebody else to help said vision or, or said administration function. No, God needs you and me to represent the kingdom here. And it's so that you and me can actually uh, impact the world while we're here and not have the world constantly uh, bombarding us because the world's never going to stop until you go on offense. The Bible says the, king, the kingdom suffers violence. But the violent, we take it by force. Well, you don't take something on defense. On defense, you try to keep something. On offense, you take it. Isn't it interesting that he said the kingdom suffers violence? It doesn't just say the Christian suffers violence. It's the kingdom. It's what you're a part of. I know people that are praying, thinking they're under attack. They're not under attack. They just have no doctrine. They think their feelings are them. They're praying about something that Jesus paid for. They think their feelings are them. The Bible says that you are formed in his likeness and in his image. Your soul has feelings and emotions that are attached to it. But if you allow those feelings to steer your ship, you'll just go any old way the wind blows. Oh, I thought it'd be so different. It's just everybody's against me. Nobody likes me. I ought to just go eat worms. Well, go eat worms. We're going to eat the bread of life. You, you got to get to the place where, where, where you let that mind get renewed. But the mind has to be renewed to a kingdom place. Are we still on the offering? Wow. You got to get a kingdom revelation. Somebody say Kingdom. And that means you got to understand God needs you to do well here so that you can actually impact society here. He said, well, I can impact society with nothing. That's true. About this much. Oh, well, Mother Teresa, name me 10 more. The reason that they celebrated Mother Teresa so much, and I mean this respectfully to anybody who's already passed on. Is because the world wants to celebrate a Christian or somebody who says they are a Christian that is impoverished. And they don't want to celebrate somebody who actually is walking in wealth and moving the needle with their wealth as well. You can do, you can do things for God broke. You can go to heaven broke. But the kingdom of God needs people that rise up and become paymasters in the kingdom because the gold on heaven's streets is not sent down in a trolley every morning. You have to get to the place where you say, hold the phone here. I need God to move in my life. Somebody say kingdom. Kingdom. 
because I am responsible for pushing the kingdom forward while I'm here. Let's go to a couple other scriptures. Go to, go to Job. I believe it's 36, but I'll know when we get there. Go to Job 36. It's going to be verse 10 or verse 11. There it is. So if you're a part of the kingdom, this is talking to you. Job 36, verse 11, almost in the middle of the Old Testament, right around Psalms. If they obey and serve him, somebody say, that's me. me. You're here at the early service on a Sunday morning. Odds are you love God and you want to serve him. Odds are you want to obey God's commandments. If they obey and serve him, they shall spend their days in prosperity and their years in pleasures. Somebody say, that's me. So if we obey God, if we follow God, if we follow his principles, then what we ought be experiencing is prosperity. And listen to this, years in pleasures. Hey, you can't just read the Bible. You got to read the Bible. Go to third John verse two. That's in the new Testament. Third John verse two. It's real easy to find. It's right after second John. Third John verse two. Beloved, I wish above all things, somebody say all things, that you would prosper and be in health even as your soul prospers. Third John verse two. Prosper and be in health even as your soul prospers. Now, that sounds like Job 36 to me because he says, if you obey God, you will spend, you will live in prosperity. Then it says you will spend your years in pleasure. You know what you can't do if you're not healthy? Have years of pleasure. If you, if you don't, if you're not, if you don't have some health to you, then, then, then your years might not be pleasurable. And if you don't have much health at all, you might not have many years. So the scripture has been telling you and me from Genesis all the way uh, uh, to the revelation that God wants, needs, and desires his people to be established in prosperity and health. And the reason is, is so that the kingdom of God can move forward here. So what we have to do is we have to change how we think. We have to repent. The, the Greek word is metanoe. We have to change how we think. The kingdom is here now. The kingdom is within us. And we are called by God. God, anointed and positioned by God to represent that kingdom here. Somebody ought to know you lived on planet earth. Your kids ought to know it. You're, you're, they ought to be in a different financial situation than you were when you were their age. You say, well, I don't, I don't have any, any family. I don't even have any parents. I, I don't know how it happened. Well, guess what? You get to be the first one in your family. You get to go out front of this whole thing. You get to get a breakthrough. You say, well, 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 I don't know. I've never even heard anything like this. I'm going to tell you, all you got to do is believe it and follow it. And when you do, the Bible says, according to the book of Malachi, that he will open the windows of heaven over your life and pour out a blessing you don't have room enough to receive. Watch this. Father, I'm a tither. I offer faithfully to your house. I sow into widows and orphans. I love your kingdom. Let your kingdom come here like it is there. Now, I thank you in the name of Jesus Christ that the windows of heaven are open over my life. I thank you, Lord God, that everything I put my hand to will prosper. I thank you that as I obey you, I'll live in prosperity and I will spend my years in pleasure. I thank you, Lord God, that you will rebuke the devourer for my sake. I thank you that I will be like a tree planted by rivers of living water that brings forth its fruit in its season. I thank you that my leaf will not wither. I thank you that my children will be blessed and they're coming in and they're going out. I thank you, Lord God, that you gave me the power to create wealth. I thank you, Lord God, that the wealth of the wicked has been stored up for the, by the, for the just. And I thank you, Lord God, that I have been justified by faith. I thank you, Lord God, that my family is going to new levels on a regular basis. I thank you, Lord God, that my house is paid for. My vehicles are paid for. I thank you, Lord God, that he who was 
was rich became poor that we through his poverty might be made rich. I thank you, Lord God, that the blessing of the Lord makes rich and adds no sorrow. I thank you, Lord God, that you have anointed me to do well. I thank you, Lord God, that you're leading me out into a prosperous place. I thank you, Lord God, that even in the middle of a famine, when I sow, I can expect a 100-fold return. I thank you, Lord God, that there's nothing I've ever given up for you that you won't give back to me. I thank you, Lord God, that you'll give it back to me 100-fold. I can handle the persecution because my Galilean king handled the persecution. I thank you, Lord God, that it'll be given back to me. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and running over. I thank you, Lord God, that you've given me witty inventions and ideas, Lord God. I thank you, Lord God, that you've caused increase to come in my family and in my life. I thank you, Lord God, that I'll never go back to my old ways because you have established your way for me. I thank you for it in the name of Jesus. I thank you for paying off our church in the name of Jesus. I thank you for paying off the next church in the name of Jesus. I thank you for your anointing on this church. I thank you for sending it quickly. And it'd be a flow that never stops. Help our unbelief. Help us change how we think. We're not just waiting to get where you are. We want you to come where we are. Let your power and your glory be known in this house. Let the Philistines and the Pharisees choke on their own words. And let your anointing Destroy every yoke. In Jesus' name. Father, I thank you for every person that tithes, offers, and partners with this great ministry. I decree every one of these blessings and promises straight from your Bible over each family connected with this church. I thank you for it in the name of Jesus. Thank you for opening the windows of heaven. Thank you for rebuking the devourer. Thank you for bringing your strength and your health. As we give today, we do so with great expectation. This is not a tax. This is a joy and a covenant-keeping practice that we do. Let the world be confused on how good you really are to your people. If you're looking for people that will not be ashamed of your blessing, New Heights Church is full of those people. Apartments, hearing this now condos commercial properties new businesses new business ideas promotions Lord let it fall on your people let us be the lender and not the borrower in Jesus name And all God's people said, amen. Amen. Praise God. Let's give God a hand of praise right there. Wow. You can be seated. Ushers, please receive the giving of this great church. privilege and the honor of serving on the first touch team here at at New Heights Church. What a powerful moment that was right here in the sanctuary. Hopefully you can feel God's presence right there in your house. I would encourage you today, get God's biblical principles applied and and, and in process in your family and in your finances. And to do so, you got to tithe and you got to offer. So go on to newheightschurch.info or go to the app New Heights Church CS, but go ahead and tithe and offer and get God's principles 
working in your family and your finances. But God bless you guys, and let's get back to service. Oh!
God. It's inappropriate not to worship our King. It's inappropriate. So the question you got to ask yourself is not what is my background. The question is, does my worship look like worship? It is inappropriate. Worship in, in heaven is not even optional. If you dissected, you wouldn't when you get there. But if you did from that, you would be flung like lightning. That's the only reference we have to somebody or an entity not worshiping God, not worshiping the king in heaven was flung. Like lightning from the sky. What that means is not like, wow, oh my gosh, it must have been a big war. Have you ever seen a streak of lightning? That's how fast the war was. Before Satan, Lucifer, got it out of his mouth good, he still had the taste of blasphemy on his lips. And the Lord flung him. And every entity that had sided with him from the beauty and the grandeur of heaven Worship is not optional in the kingdom. It's optional on earth. So for you and for me, there has to be an element where we just go, you know what? I'm going, I'm, I'm going to, I'm going to go there. You say, what does there look like? Well, to you, particularly if your hands feel like you're carrying lead weights, it probably means you ought to be lifting your hands to the king. Some of you, it, it, it may be, it may be, you know what, you know, I've never sung out loud in front of anybody. Well, you don't have to sing, you know, crazy loud, but the Bible says you can even make just a joyful noise. Praise the Lord. But he's worth whatever insecurity or concern you got to get over to worship him. He's wor- you know, we sing these songs. He's worthy of it all, but then he doesn't get our all. He really is worthy of it all. That means whatever the situation or circumstance, he's worthy of it. You say, well, you don't understand. It's so hard. Well, he's worthy of that too. He's worthy of you enduring that. He's worthy of you going to the next level in your worship, in your praise. And I, 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 I'm, I grew up and it was like this. He's worthy of you having more quiet time with him. I think the devil likes your quiet time with him. At least partially. I think what he's really scared of is you being out loud with the people around you. Yeah, go get you another devotional book and read it by yourself and cry eight buckets of tears and not one person's born again because of you. I think the devil would rather have you in a prayer closet than talking to your coworker about Jesus. I think, I think the devil would rather have you in your own head than walking into your place of work in joy. Well, I'm just trying to decide, like, was it actually 5,000 people that he fed or was it 5,001 or, or what? You know, there's a little bit of a difference I've seen in different stories. Well, Pharisee, you just beat that thing till you're blue in the face and we'll go get people saved. You just split hairs till you can't split them anymore. And we'll make sure the next generation is set on fire for God. Because the enemy is more terrified of your shout than he is your solace. Well, let me just think about this for 800 years. And then, you know, maybe when I'm 173, God will use me to witness people. What if that all changed today? For all, for all who believe he's worthy, why don't you close your eyes and lift your hands? Lord, we honestly lay our life down. We're not hung on religious ideologies. 
religious preferences, religious cultures. Father, we resonate with Bartimaeus. And when he was told to be quiet, cried out even louder because he realized it was you who held his answer and not his critics. Lord, I thank you for a yoke-destroying anointing this morning. For healing and health. As we worship, would you let your healing power flow and fall in this place? As we continue to say that you are the author and the finisher, would you let your healing power flow in this place? Would you let your anointing flow in this place? Would you let your strength flow in this place? Lord, if there's any that need to repent and turn to you, I ask in Jesus' name that they would do that today. They would not leave the same. I hear the Lord saying, many of you are at a threshold. Something new has happened in your life, a big change. Big decisions have been made, and here you are, and you have the opportunity to decide what this next season's going to look like and certainly how it's going to start out. But if you go into it like you left the other one, you'll have exactly what you had in the last season. But if you'll take for just a minute and forget about all of the idiosyncrasies that everybody would identify you as or identify you as having and decide he's worthy of worship, there's an encounter that's available for you. I'm hearing that very strong in my spirit. There's an encounter that's available for you. We don't need less of the power of God in services and in church and in our lives. We need more of the power of God in services and encounters at school, on our job site. We don't want less of you. We're not ashamed of you. We're not ashamed of any part of you, Lord Jesus. We're not ashamed of your Holy Spirit sent to comfort, fill, empower, and heal. We're not ashamed of any part of you. So, Lord, for the next few moments, we're going to give you our best worship.
Some of you praisers, come up here to the front. Let's magnify God this morning. just lay hands on yourself and say this after me say I receive everything that God has for me I want you to picture that tumor dying in the name of Jesus I want you to picture that report changing in the name of Jesus. I want you to picture that arthritis leaving in the name of Jesus. I want you to think, I want you to see that diabetes leaving in the name of Jesus. Put your hand on your heart and just say this. Say, I receive everything that God has for me. Last time we're going to do it, lay hands on your heart. I want you to think about that prodigal son and daughter. I want you to look at them coming down the road, coming back home in the name of Jesus. Anytime somebody said, here comes the flood, you ought to be saying, well, here comes the ark in Jesus' name. Last time we're going to say it, then I want you to let loose the greatest victory shout you've ever released out of your holy lungs. Here we go. I receive everything that God has for me in Jesus' name. Now shout.
presence right here in this place, Lord. Thank you for your anointing. Thank you for meeting us again. If you would, just stay in the same mindset if you could stay where you are for just a second. If you're in this place and you don't know our King, you don't know Jesus, this could be a little bit concerning that we have such freedom to worship Him, but you feel locked up. Maybe you're locked up by your past. Maybe you're locked up by, to be honest with you, what you've actually done. You know, all of us have sinned. But Jesus paid the price for us that we would have freedom. And He set us free, completely free. And the enemy wants you locked up in shame. Maybe that's you and you say, man, I need to give my life to this king. I want to. I want to love something like that. I want to love someone like that. Well, he's worth it, I can tell you. Whatever you have to endure. Maybe you say it differently. You say, you know what, preacher, I've never been born again. Or I was born again a long time ago. But I'm backslidden and I just need to give my life back to him right here at a threshold in my life. And I want to make a fresh commitment. I understand that. For just a moment, if we could all bow our head and close our eyes, if that's you and you fall into any one of those categories where you say, I'm far from him, or you say, I've never met him, I'm going to lead you in a prayer and he'll write your name in his book. It's called the Lamb's Book of Life. And he'll set you free in every area of your life. He'll heal your body. He'll heal your mind. This is what he does. If that's you and you want to commit your life to him for the first time or commit your life to him again because you feel like you're far from him. When I count to three, I want you to lift your hand tall and bold. And with an uplifted hand, you're simply saying, oh God, remember me. And he really will. One, two, three. Lift your hands tall and bold. Beautiful, beautiful, beautiful. Hands are all over the room. Is there any other? Glory to God. Is there anyone else? See that hand, I 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 see that hand. Is there anyone else? Every person who lifted their hand, I'm gonna lead you in a prayer, but the whole church, we're gonna pray it together. We're gonna pray it with you. So let's all lift one hand just as a sign of surrender. It's an international sign. Plus the scripture says we lift our heart with our hands. Just pray this after me. Say, oh God, I come to you now and ask you to save me. Write my name in your book. I believe Jesus died and rose from the dead for my victory. I'm a Christian now on my way to heaven. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. Come on, church, let's celebrate their birthday. Happy birthday. You've been born again. One more thing I really feel stirred in my spirit. First off, let us know that that happened. Stop by the blue desk. Let us know you prayed that prayer. But if you're here and you've never joined our church, but you want to. And let me tell you what that means. We're going to be dismissed here in just a second. Let me tell you what that means. It means you're committing to help us love people and point them to Christ. We'll teach you about the scripture and we'll help you along the way. But that's what the commitment is. Maybe you've been coming for weeks and you've never made that decision. Or maybe you say this, I'm here for the first time. It's my first time in, in New Heights Church, but I know home when I feel it. I'm around me gente, praise the Lord. I'm around my people. I can feel it when I'm around my people, and I know it. If that's you, we're going to give you the opportunity, and I'm not going to call you to the front. I'm not going to embarrass you, but if that's you, and you want to make New Heights Church your home church, here in just a second, I'm going to ask you to lift your hand, and when you do, uh, we're going to clap our hands and celebrate that great decision. Anybody here that wants to make New Heights Church your home church, when I count to three, just throw that hand up. One, two, three. Lift your hand, tall and bold. Oh, wow. Congratulations. Praise God. Anyone else? Praise God. Congratulations. Praise God back here in the back. Oh, my goodness. So many new faces and new families. Our ushers have a gift for you. Make sure to lift your hand long enough for the ushers to get a packet to you. That packet's got some great New Heights swag in it. Praise the Lord. Got a bunch of stuff. Some of that stuff is actually only available uh, if you become a member of our church, meaning it's one of the gifts that we uh, give out. But it's beautiful that you are joining the church. Make sure and get signed up for our Foundations of Faith. And before you leave, please fill out that new member card that's in that bag, in that bag, and drop it off by the Blue Dead. 
this. Can we have another hand clap for our first time? Guests, our new salvations and our new members. Praise the Lord. We'll pray a blessing on you. We'll be dismissed or you're going to have somebody here sitting very close to you here in just a minute. Man, is God good or what? Wow. Praise the Lord. Father, I'm asking you to bless your people coming in, going out in the city and the field. This day and every day, in Jesus' name, if you got one more praise locked up in you, turn it loose. God bless you, everybody. We'll see you soon.